1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth.
2: Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Today's broadcast, podcast, whatever you want to call it. April 5th. Wow. Wow years flying by is it not it's sound like one of those local tv broadcasters on jimmy kimmel every month if you ever get a chance to see it it's a funny montage he does it every single month where on the first of every month you tune into local news and they go wow it's april 1st wow and they get through like 30 of them wow the year's going by fast wow but in the words of uh, an investor you only have so much time. I think you only work from age 20 to 60, then you live off your investments from age 60 to 100. So if it does go by fast, biz- biggest mistake I ever made was there was one year that I was assuming that my 401k was automatically investing. I didn't look at my paycheck as we changed paycheck companies, and I assumed it was going to be correct because my paycheck was right or my money coming in. And then when I went to pay my taxes, I'm like, dang, man, I missed a whole year of 401k contributions. That's one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made. And it shows you we all can do it. Yesterday, the NASDAQ, the SP, and the Dow were all down one half of 1%. Not too shabby. Ten year treasuries. Whoa, look at this one. Down to 3.3%. I think that's bullish for the stock market. Historically, it has been. Around three and a half, three, seven, four, it starts to slow down with the stock market as far as has, having easy wins. If you're a sailor, you know what that means. Can't sail without wind. I think part of the wind in the stock market is easy money, or it can be. I don't want to say, I, I don't want to strike that, but I don't want that to be Bible either. Oh, what else do we have? I would say yesterday just felt like an empty kind of day on like your scooter. You're in an island paradise, stock market's going up for four or five days, and you're feeling good. And then you're like, oh, oh, running out of gas. We may need something else to move us higher. The number of U.S. job openings dropped below 10 million for the first time since 2021, showing that patterns of uh, the labor market are starting to change. It's starting to cool as Fed eight hikes uh, creep in. I was also looking at that number, the Jolts report, and the number was down number of quits were still high. People quitting their jobs are still high. So the job market's starting to weaken, but job postings, that's job openings. Think of it as postings. Is Monster.com still a thing? Uh, job postings on websites, inside of corporations. A lot of the job postings were during the pandemic. And now that we're on uh, knock on wood post-pandemic, some of those job postings should come down. No, nope. or yes. Yesterday, President Trump pleaded guilty. Or oh, no, 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 no. Eh, fix that one. Yesterday, President Trump pleaded not guilty to 34 counts. What a divided day for America. I can't tell you how many just friends and coworkers were. What a waste of money! Or yeah, he should be held accountable. If it was me, I'd be going to jail. I've got a brother who's a judge and the whole judge said, don't talk smack about the D.A. and my family. And he goes out and talks smack about his D.A. and his family. That's the one thing I just don't like. I don't like the way men talk smack. Um, I was always taught that in a court, it's yes, sir, no, sir. And it's always nice to wear a suit. But again, maybe I'm just an old man. Yesterday, I was having lunch and the guy behind the bar said, hey, did you know your uh, flashlights on your, your phone? And I said, I'm an old man. Take my phone away from me. I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you walk with gum on your shoes or toilet paper on your shoes. And sometimes you walk around with your phone light, flashlight on. The question is, how long was it on? So here's the thing I want to know about the Trump case he's not due back in court until December. Whoa. Talking about a a letdown of instant gratification, however he wanted it to play out. Interesting note, I'm really a big guy into branding and marketing and advertising when it comes to stocks. I quickly saw what yesterday was. It was a billion-dollar publicity. He could have done his arraignment on Zoom. He was offered it. And he got a billion dollars worth of advertising. Of which there's a great article in Slate Magazine today. It's online, S-L-A-T-E. And it was one of the journalists went down to cover the day. And it was it was pretty enlightening. Uh, the article had the point of view that, yeah, there's one person dressed in red, white, and blue Trump supporter. One person jumped, jumped, dressed in red, white, and blue jumpsuit. That's about it. And there's 20 reporters lined up in a row to talk to those two people. And you're like, whoa, the behind the scenes is crazy. And uh they're just trying to get whatever press they can for their losses. I found that to be uh one of those stories where like you can make a movie out of that. Because America saw this crazy day at court, reporters saw there weren't that many people there. As the day went on, it got busier and busier. Johnson and Johnson proposes a monster $8.9 billion talc settlement. This one is one of the stories that when you get talc, it's this big salty cube thing. And you have to smash it to turn it into powder. And to smash it, it helps if you use steel. But on top of it, it helps if you use. Um, uh, why am I dropping this? Um, they're t- basically cancer products. So they they were coating with cancerous products and they're smashing the talc and it's baby powder and we're putting baby powder on our baby butts and our babies are happy because it feels so wonderful and smooth and good. And after you have a wet diaper, it's like, ooh, dry everything out. So I don't know if it does cause cancer. I don't know if it does not cause cancer. Johnson Johnson says no. The court says yes. The court says you owe us, you owe eight point nine billion dollars in lawsuits which that's going to get paid out to tens of thousands of people who claim the top base powders and other products gave them cancer. It's a huge increase from the 2 billion Johnson Johnson originally offered. It's one of the largest product liability settlements in the history. Johnson and Johnson. Do you think the stocks up or down today? Baby powder causes cancers. The headline baby powder, eight almost $9 billion settlement stocks up. That's how wall street learns. Uh, that's what you need to know is that the demon known is better than the demon unknown. Do I think it's off the races for Johnson? I I like Johnson and Johnson's products for the long-term patient investor, but do I think it's off the races? It probably could be. Do I think there's races involved because everyone knows about the company? No. So I I would say you remember how we're talking about tailwinds and headwinds in sailing When the 10-year Treasury is at 3.3%, that's a tailwind. When you settle your lawsuit, that's a tailwind. So if I were to make a case for Johnson & Johnson, I'd say, okay. Uh, The baby shampoo, they've got got a lot of product. But let's move forward, shall we? What is today? Today is Wednesday. So we're going to have Patrick O'Hare on. I won't have to hit you with everything that we need to know right now. We were playing yesterday with the idea that OPEX cuts might mean higher gas prices, which could force other energy players to step up. The energy stocks are doing well right now. Very, very well. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Jamie Dimon wrote a 43-page letter where he said, you know, a couple months ago I told you that the, you know, recession is going to be hard. I'm taking that back. But he did say yesterday that the banking industry, the crisis isn't over, and you're going to see tighter lending standards for a while as regional banks don't want to make a mistake. You find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Still a little bit of strategy.
2: I don't want you to write these down, but I want you to start thinking of them again and again and again and again. The show's kind of repetitive. I've been doing it for 25 years. Don't don't doubt me that I know that it's repetitive. There's always new things to talk about. I'm going to go over some stocks that I think are going to do really, really well coming out of a tough economy, which I think we're looking at over the next six months due to the higher interest rates. And I'll say that as long as the Fed continues to raise interest rates, I'm not going to change my tune. If the Fed raises interest rates, you know, three more times, it's going to be three more months of me saying six months from now, it's going to be okay. But right now we're still raising interest rates and it's a little, it's going to be a tough six months to 12 months. We got to get out of that cycle. Ooh, it's an ugly day. Just saw some of the stocks that I own, which is good. Because remember how I told you that my mother's inheritance finally hit. Finally putting together a shopping list. Anyway. And again, that's the way I approach it, not the way you should approach it. I don't need to be at all time highs today. I'm not 70 years old and in retirement. I like buying things on sale. Okay, here's some skills that you need. You need to learn how to manage your debt. It's important to start getting your finances ready uh, for the future. And part of it is saying, okay, I made some mistakes in 18 to 25. Maybe it's college debt. Maybe it's car debt. But that's when I got into most of my debt, and I assume and I guess that's probably when most people get into their debt. If, if not, you're going to have a tough life. As you prepare, for, this is ready now. You can start by creating a budget that allows you to pay off your debts systematically. Um, I used to do a lot more budgeting than I do today. I'm okay. With not doing it like religiously on a daily basis. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you need to do it on a monthly basis. And seeing that over 50% of America lives paycheck to paycheck, more and more Americans should be doing some budgeting. There's a lot of good apps out there for that. I personally liked enormously. a, a, a app called Mint, M-I-N-T. LearnVest has one. It'll tie electronically into your bank or your brokerage accounts, and it'll tell you, hey, or Rocket Money. Rocket Money is the new one, and it used to be called Truebill. Truebill was acquired by Rocket, and it's all that whole Rocket Mortgage world, which if you're a Warriors fan, you, you shouldn't be using the Rocket app because it's owned by the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So every time you go out and, how shall we say, support his business, you're supporting a free agent in the future to go against your basketball team. Again, I'm talking as if I'm only in the Bay Area, so I apologize. But Rocket Money and Mint.com do a wonderful job of helping you. Now, you have to get to massage a little bit. Sometimes there's going to be a bill like uh, I pay for some stuff at my kid's school, and it it literally says school, Um, but I need to change that to education. And then, you know, when I I look at my monthly budget, I see how much I spend on restaurants. I see how much I spend on education. And sometimes my run to the liquor store, the 7-Eleven, the local uh, beer wine place. That shows up as groceries. And let's face it, that's not groceries. Well, I guess for some people, beer is food. But you have to categorize it. So I literally have part of my budget that says something along the lines of groceries and beer. And I don't look at beer as groceries. I can cut beer or alcohol, whatever you want to say. And you have your own categories that you do this with, I'm sure. Don't make me feel bad. Skills that you have to have, managing debt, investing in real estate. If you think real estate is the best investment you ever made, you're wrong. Over a 30-year period, 40-year period, stocks will crush real estate. And with stocks, you only have $100 of buying a stock. You're done. But if you go out and buy a house, you have 30 years that you have to pay on a monthly basis. Houses, you forget that you have to keep the cost of taxes. You have to account for the cost of electricity, maintenance. I bought the most expensive home I've ever bought two years ago. And guess what? It's the most expensive maintenance I've ever had. And guess what? It's the most expensive property taxes I've ever had. And I have to pay all that stuff every month or... It, 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 I fall into disrepair and the, the government comes and kicks me out of my home. So diversifying your investments is a great move when you're young. Investing in real estate is a great money skill to learn. I recommend most people do it with REITs, what are called real estate investment trusts, which means I have a new board op today and I have a is board the other board ops training them and they're both under my age. Let's say one's 35 and the one's 25 and let's say I'm 50. We all should own REITs. We all should own Real Estate Investment Trusts, especially them, because they probably don't. They're not at the point in their life where they want to take on a 30-year mortgage. You picking up what I'm putting down? Real Estate Investment Trusts are a way for you to own corporate real estate. It could be movie theaters. It could be office properties. It could be hospitals. It could be car lots. And the business, the Real Estate Investment Trust CEO, he collects rents from all these guys. So if the real estate goes up in value, you go up in value. Your, your equity position, but they also pay you typically 80 to 90 percent of the income that they collect because they don't pay corporate taxes. Thank you to a corporate law set into place by Congress in the 1960s. Probably Congress wasn't really looking out for you and me saying, ah, the average guy won't be able to feel, afford real estate one day. They were looking for ways for them to diversify outside their local c- cities and states and nationally with something that works over time. Real estate. So I have no shame in owning REITs. I would own a REIT and and rent if I was in my 20s, potentially for the rest of my life. If I didn't feel good taking on 30 years of commitment of paying debt, I'd own a real estate investment trust. And I would say, I own real estate. And someone says that I don't because I, I can't go in and, and sleep there. I'd, I'd I'd tell them where to go. And you know where that is. The place the sun doesn't shine. I don't even know what that means. It could be darker middle earth. Does the sunshine there? Elsewhere, you need to start focusing on retirement. It's a skill. You're going to work in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and then you're going to retire somewhere in your 60s. My brother, Clint, he worked until his 50s, and then he found when he came looking for a job because he worked overseas. When he came looking for a job, he found that he was old and people didn't want to hire him. He got a job eventually, but it took a few years. So you only work for... 30 or 40 year window and that's it. I've seen police officers who I think are pretty cool work from age 18 when they join the force. They're retired basically at 48. They've put in their 30 years. They get their pension and then they go out and like become a private investigator for DUIs. I have no, there's no shame in not retiring and keeping money coming in. Another skill that you're going to have to learn is saving for college. College is expensive. It's getting more expensive if you want to go to college. I have the opinion now that I think blue-collar work is just as important as white-collar work for today's youth. And I think you can make six figures as an electrician. I think you can make six figures as uh, many, many, many jobs out there. And if you're going to spend $125,000 on a college degree, hopefully it's in math and science, Thirty seconds. Uh, STEM type of investments, uh, because those are where the jobs are these days. And I think two more skills that you need to develop is have an emergency fund, three to six months of cash on the sides in case you lose your job and start having an investment strategy. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Visit
1: the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth Certified Financial Planners online at robblackshow.com.
2: I swore I would never become my father. And I've become my father. In the evenings I watched news... When I'm driving, I listen to stock market news. Sometimes I listen to real music. But sometimes if I'm by myself and I don't need to feel happy, I'm already content. But even more importantly, I watch the weather now. And <laughs> you're saying, no. One of my favorite apps now, believe it or not, is the Apple weather app. Now, how am I, how am I saying the Apple weather app is all that in a bucket of chicken? It. it It's what apple does well they take what other people do and they make it slightly better where i live there's a lot of rain i don't care the temperature i care about the moisture so i'm able to use the only app that i can find that tells me when it's going to start raining and when it's going to stop raining as potentially a need for me let's bring in patrick o'hare with briefing.com mr o'hare and i've been talking on air it's going to be 25 years before it's all said and done. I'm going to send you like a gold watch when we're finished, Mr. O'Hare. But I'm not going to say you've never been wrong. I'm going to say you've built a constructive case all those years. And I, I appreciate it. And I, I always look forward to Wednesday. How are you doing today?
3: Okay, Rob, I'm doing well, thanks, despite uh, the rain here in Chicago. but I know you can relate to that.
2: I almost booked a uh, spring vacation to uh, Chicago for my family, and then I was like, nope, San Diego, because I was looking for the, the sun and not the rain, but that's not Good your call. concern.
3: Spring doesn't start in Chicago until July, so.
2: <laughs> well, then I'll I'll book a trip. Out this, then into, uh, I'll come this summer to Chicago. And maybe I can buy you lunch. Anyhow, <laughs> let's move. F- <laughs> it really would be. Um, you're a, a, a source of information, and a lot of my listeners, when I meet them face-to-face and a lot of the viewers – Uh, They always talk about how well you do and our relationship sounds like we're actually friends and that means a lot to me. But let's talk about this week. This is a big week. We're getting um, jobs numbers. We're getting um, Trump. We're getting it it, it feels like it's more than it is. How do you feel the week is going and and where are we in the stock market? Because we had four or five days in a row of winning, winning, and then we kind of ran out of gas.
3: Yeah, uh, you know, this week is uh, so far strikes me as you know, really a week of consolidation. You know, we've had, uh, we did have that really big run off the uh, mid-March lows. Um, I think we we're up close to 7% in the S&P 500 since March 13th coming into the week. And that's despite a banking crisis, right? So we kind of had, a, it appears to have had somewhat of that Pavlovian effect of where, you know, the Fed came in to the rescue, so to speak, uh, it changed the calculus in terms of the market's outlook for rate hikes and where the Fed's terminal rate is going to settle and, and when the Fed might actually pivot. And therefore, you saw stocks react in a very positive way. Uh, but somewhat of a transition this week uh, in that we're seeing this sort of uh, uh, trepidation to you know commit aggressively further here on the long side of things Uh, in the wake of some weakening economic data. And you've seen stocks kind of uh, languish this week despite market rates coming down uh, in the wake of that weak data. And that's something to keep our eye out for because we do think it reflects a knowingness that the market is uh, probably trading at a premium valuation when it should not be, and also a knowingness that if the data continues to come in weak, as Briefing.com thinks it will, uh, that earnings estimates for 2023 are going to have to be marked down further. And so you're not getting that chasing action up here right now. And instead, you're just getting more of uh, some pullback activity.
2: Is there anything that you're looking for in the stock market to say things are normal? Or are they never going to be normal is there anything that you're watching that, that concerns you?
3: Well, something that has concerned me for most of this year, and I think I've, I've you know, mentioned to you, too, on, on the show, is, is really where earnings estimates are. Um, that's what I'm watching. Um and, you know, we have an, um, an earnings reporting period upcoming here. Uh, we're going to get uh, the banks kicking things off next Friday. Uh, and then we'll get into the flow of things as we typically do. Uh, and it's going to be a really important earnings reporting season. Not that they aren't all important, right. but uh, we are going to get a little bit more flavor now in terms of what companies are seeing develop for this year. Uh, m- likely to hear probably some more cost-cutting actions that involve uh, you know more layoff announcements and uh, and we think we'll we'll hear more guarded outlooks as it relates to uh, to the earnings um, to earnings prospects and that can kind of slow the market's momentum here Um, now if we're wrong and you you hear some pretty bright earnings guidance well then you know the market could have a platform then to uh, to keep this uh, rally effort going, um, and you'll see that kind of couched in terms of feeling good about the economy, maybe being on course for a soft landing, and the Fed not and the Fed still kind of uh, not you know not going as high as uh, with its interest rates as previously thought. And that can be kind of the foundation for a rally effort, but that would be uh, that's not our base case. We think that the market will probably more or less hear. Some tepid-sounding earnings guidance at best, and uh, and kind of uh, you know slow down as a result of that.
2: We just finished up the first quarter. I think I'm pretty close to these numbers. Nasdaq was up 14 percent. The S P 500 up 7 percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up less than one percent. I'm pretty sure those are pretty close, if not close enough. Um, that's a pretty big year for most growth stocks, the NASDAQ and the S P 500, whereas the Dow is underperforming. Do you think we may be in a situation if you have new money, you should be looking at value or are you still sticking with the stay with the long term approach where you're spreading between growth and value? Is there one area that you think might be better than others is what I guess I'm what I'm asking for.
3: Sure. Um, Well, I'd add if I could real quickly, Rob, as far as, you know, the NASDAQ was up massively, as we saw, uh, the S&P 500, the market cap weight index was up about 7%, but the uh, S&P equal weight ETF, that was only up about uh, you know 1.5%. So you can see that the, kind of that disproportionate influence of those mega cap stocks on the broader market. But, you know, that said, uh, to answer your question, since we think there's going to be a a sharp economic slowdown in coming months and that earnings estimates uh, and earnings growth rates are going to, you know, be challenged, uh, we would lean more in favor of growth stocks in that type of environment. Um, But you do have to probably have a mix in there of some of those counter-cyclical sectors to sort of provide some stability there. And those would be the areas like healthcare. Consumer staples, um, utilities, names like that that uh, have um, lower betas and and um, you know are likely not to be as volatile uh, in a more challenging economic climate.
2: I'm Not sure how to say this, but are there sectors that you don't really want to be in that you force yourself into? For instance, um, I know that healthcare makes up twenty percent of the U.S. economy, roughly. It's not 20% of my portfolio. I know that utilities are considered safer in recessionary type environments. I definitely don't have enough utilities. Are there any areas that you kind of just skip like, and you can even say things like artificial intelligence. Are there areas that you go? Nope. I know nothing about that. I'm going to stay totally away or areas <laughs> that you just don't like. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, there's, I you know can admit there's lots of areas I don't know uh, enough about, and uh, AI would be one of those in particular. It's uh, obviously a, a kind of a new uh, uh, technology, you know, coming to the fore now, and uh, probably behooves me as well as others to learn more about it. But I guess this is general thumb. It kind of is, you know, silly to just throw money at something you don't understand. Um, so it behooves us all to kind of, you know, do our research, uh, learn more about any sector you're willing to you're wanting to invest in anyway. And uh, but you know, generally as a market analyst I think is as, as you you know look at the SP five hundred and the understanding that it's very challenging for most money managers to outperform that index. You do need to have broad exposure to it, and while some sectors might be overvalued at times, others undervalued at times uh, you you know you have to have a, a, a you have to have exposure to all those sectors so that you can you know mitigate the the volatility uh, and also participate in the you know up markets when they come um so it's just a matter of knowing i think having a sense of when to overweight certain sectors and when to underweight others. But uh, but I would encourage you know broad exposure uh, so that you're not left out of any you know market advances which are certain to come. I mean that's what history has shown us. It is paid to be a long term investor, and it is also uh, history has also shown us that it's very difficult for most money managers, if not all money managers, to outperform the market over long periods of time.
2: Is there anything that you're working on? We've got about a minute. Is there anything that you're working on that you want to highlight or point out? You have a big picture coming up on Friday, as you typically do.
3: Right. Um, Actually, I'll be posting that big picture earlier this week. Oh, that's right. yeah, so the market's closed on Friday, um, and uh, I'm actually going to be uh, out of town here in the next day or so. So I'll be working on a on that first quarter earnings uh, outlook piece for the big picture. So a little bit more flavor around maybe what we can expect and uh, what Briefing.com is looking for during that reporting period uh, that gets going next week.
2: I look forward to that one. In large part, I do a I host a webinar for a company where I have to kind of know what's going on in the first quarter as they do their quarterly update. So have a good holiday break and we'll talk next week. Are you back next week? Uh, I am. So I appreciate that, Rob, and I'll look forward to speaking with you again. Thanks very much and good day and good trading. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. He is with Briefing.com. He is Patrick O'Hare. I literally want to fly out to Chicago this summer if I can find the time, and I should be able to find the time. I've known him for too long without sitting down and having lunch with him, and I definitely owe him one or two. I know he's helped the listeners. I know Briefing.com is a wonderful service I've used for 20-plus years, domestic and international news that you could use when it comes to the financial aspects in your life. You can find them at Briefing.com. I'm Rob
1: Black. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com.
2: I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Movies are getting a bit of a comeback right now. It's a story that I'm working on for television. That if you're a superhero, you're a fighter pilot, or if you're a blue alien, you've done great at the movie theater since the pandemic. But now that we're coming out of the pandemic, we're starting to see some more mid-budgeted films, uh, helping overall ticket sales so it's not just one big movie per weekend we're starting to add maybe one and a half kind of movies that we want to see the performance of the 2019 box office has become the benchmark for the industry a lot of what we do on wall street are benchmarks um i'm not a cfa but i have spreadsheets like a cfa started financial analyst a lot of my spreadsheets are like where was this company in 2019 where was the company in the heart of it 2022 or 21? and where is it coming out 22 23 24. i have a pretty good shopping list that i feel pretty comfortable with since movie theaters reopened to the public in late 2020 the domestic box office has steadily recovered Generating significantly higher ticket sales each year, the box office reached seven and a half billion, up sixty four percent from the four point five billion in ticket sales in twenty twenty one. But it lagged around thirty four percent still from two thousand nineteen levels. I'm bringing this up because yesterday I saw AMC stock get murderlated. Yes, I'm combining the word murder with mutilated. Thus, I come up with murder-related. I have no interest in buying a $4 stock. One of the the shticks that I've had through the years is you have to have standards. And for instance, and this is horrible of me to say, but if my wife were to suddenly, poof, disappear, I couldn't date an 18-year-old. I couldn't date a 21-year-old. I couldn't date a 25-year-old. I want to be cool like Keanu Reeves and date my age. Um, I know you're saying, did you just compare yourself to Keanu Reeves? Yes, I did. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I used to joke that I would uh, always trade trade up my wife or trade down my wife five years. Oh, it's five years. Got to get out of the house. Time for a new wife. It was a joke, but it doesn't age well. and It makes me look like a schmuck. Um, So I have standards, right? I have to impose these. My kids would expect nothing less of me. Um, AMC Entertainment, no interest. It's a $5 stock or less. I know you're saying, but you can make a lot of money if it goes from $4 to $4.25. You would need a big stock that's $100. No, it, it doesn't matter if there's a million shares, a billion shares, a trillion shares. What they're priced at is important. Only when you figure out the market cap of the company. So the market cap of AMC is $2 billion. I have no interest. In the last couple of years, the company has gutted what the shareholders will get. And they've created different types of shares. It's complicated to analyze. And I have no interest. For the last 20 years, our TVs have been getting bigger. Our TVs have been getting better sound quality. I have a TV right now that I am proud to watch. And I know you're saying that makes you sound like an old man. It does. I get it. It's one of those 65-inch OLEDs. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And I'm watching shows like the local news. I'm like, the local news looks good. I, I For the movie The Whale, I don't need them on a big screen. Do I want to uh, support uh, Aronofsky as a director? I do. So I actually did buy it from Apple. Why did I buy it from Apple? Am I going to watch it more than once? I'm probably not. I know that my spouse didn't want to watch it with me that night, so she's going to watch it at a later time, so we do own it for Apple. But I own shares of Apple, so I buy all my media through Apple, whether it be music or television. Um, I support the companies that I invest with, if I can. If I own Philip Altria, no, I'm not going to smoke. But you get the idea. I have no interest in $5 stocks or less. You should have an opinion. You should say things like, I have no interest in companies losing money. You should be able to write down 20 things that you believe in. And if you want uh, environmentally sound corporate governance, if that's important to you, 5% to 10% is a great way to start. I don't know if I would do 100% of my whole portfolio approach to ESG. But that's you, and that's not me, and I'm me, and I'm not you. That's one of the flaws of this type of show, and I know that. Um, A couple stocks that I talked about and I hinted about that will do well under the economy's uglier next phase. And I'm throwing these out. These are high margin growth stocks, high margin growth stocks. Take two interactive is a video game maker, and they're eventually going to announce Grand Theft Auto six. Maybe it's five, whatever, whichever one's next. I think it's six. They've had leaked video of it. We know it's in development. Development typically takes up to three years in video games. We know it is still one of the biggest cash cows in the video game industry. Uh, My son easily spent over $400, $500 probably on Grand Theft Auto from buying packs and vehicles and cool things to do. And that game is 10 years old, right? Eventually, Take-Two is going to come out with this announcement. And they also have the Red Dead Redemption franchise, which is very high margins. Before that announcement comes, I'm scouring, not daily, but I'm scouring like, is there any leaks on when it's going to come? Because once it's announced, it's going to take off. Other stocks that have very high margins and great growth, AMD, 24% margins, sales growth expected 15% in the next two years. A company called Marvel Technology, formerly Broadcom. Um Margins of 30%, sales growth of 17%. Las Vegas Sands, margins of 21%, sales growth of 24%. This is not a shopping list for you, but it's what I'm looking for. Airbnb, margins of 24%, sales growth in the next two years of 15%. Sales growth over 10% attracts me. I'm not telling you this is what you should do. I own Airbnb. Yes. Um, That's the only stock I own of those groups that I just mentioned. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com.
1: What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth.